This episode was recorded at Rock Media Studios in Covina, California. Once again, once again, my church, where I call home, Hillsong, is in the media. It's in the news. And we're not talking about the good news. We're talking about bad stuff. Senior Pastor Brian Houston, who always seemed like he was fooling himself anyways. Every time he talks, like, besides the point, nobody's perfect. It's not Jesus up there preaching. He had to resign from Hillsong, his own church, for sexual assault on two girls. And um, I could at least say that they were, they were cute girls, at least. At least he has good taste. But still, it's one thing or another. And I know the bigger the church the more you're going to be spotlighted and highlighted and people are going to go after you. I, I understand that. And, I, and since I've been going to that church, I feel like I've been sticking up for that church. I've been talking for them and making excuses yep. up and so on and so on. And I'm kind of kind of over it. I think I'm going to look for a, a, a new church. Like, this is enough. It's enough. Like, Carl, the one thing with Carl Lentz, I mean, he had an affair with his wife. I mean, if you're having an affair, you know, an affair with a Muslim girl, not even a Christian? Come on. So I'm going to pray on it and see where that goes. And, and bus mega churches. You go to one of the biggest churches that there is. One of the best churches. Okay. Steve <laughs> Furtick. What they call Elevate Church, right? Elevate? Elevation. Elevation Church. Um... I know, I know you're somewhat involved. You, you, you tried out for the choir, the worship team. You're, you don't sing that good, so you didn't make it. And that's, and you know, and bless your heart for even trying out. That's amazing. You better be careful because I'm God. You better be careful because I'm God's favorite. And watch, you're gonna have the total tonight. Watch. So, um, we're getting the total. I feel like the more and more deeper you get into church, you, see, you know, it's, it's like you see, like it's like the behind the scene, like. I don't want to say a magic show, you know, about these mega churches. It's like a, it's a, it's a whole thing going on. They got the, I don't even want to say pastor. Like they have the motivational speaker up there. They got the concert right. going out there. They got the disco ball going on up there. They got a lot of things going on. They got the fog. Make sure you push the fog button. That's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so are you seeing more and more things that you're tripping out on? Like, man, like it was better to sit in the back of the church. Okay, yeah, nothing to say. That's crazy. Um, oh, <laughs> I don't know what you were going with. <laughs> yeah, one thing you had to say, but um, I, I, um, besides that, I've been, I've been telling me watching this show, Tyler Henry. I, I, I finished it like in two days. It's an amazing show. He's a, I guess you call a medium, a medium. Yeah. I think a medium. They call medium because they're in the middle of um, the spiritual world and the normal world. I guess you want to say Earth. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So to call it a medium because they're in a medium somewhere. But I'm excited today. Today's one of those. I, I mean, I get excited for every episode besides when novel's on. Not really excited for that. But I'm excited <laughs> for this episode. Could we have a cool guest? This guy's a cool, this guy's a cool guy. And this is actually the, the first guest 
that we have a Nashville at the at the studio. We haven't had anybody here. And I was thinking like we should have more people here as far as guests, not dumb rappers that for a guest, no promo interviews. I don't care about your last album. Like some cool, some guests <laughs> that you could leave and you're, you're smarter for it. You know, you have some, um, you learn something from that episode. So I want to get more people involved like that. I don't want to brag, but before I drop the beat, there's two podcasts that I listen to that I'm very, I'm very into. I don't, I don't agree with any of these guys. They, I seem like they talk the same. They had the same views. They had the same values. I am Rappaport and Ben Baller, two big podcasts. I want to say top 10, top 10 in the world. Right. You know, there's Joe Rogan and there's other, like other people. They're the other people, but they're top 10 other people. They have some really good producers. And the producers, I've been in contact with them for the last week. We had a phone interview and so on. They hear bits and bits of Nashville and they really like it to say, man, your content, you know, I'm not, I'm not even trying to humble. I'm not even going to try to be humble saying this, but I say, I, we, we heard the content, the way you speak and everything. We love the show. We like to work with you. We love, you know, so on and so on. And I think that just, uh, that just, um, yeah, confirmation that we're on the right track besides the numbers are going higher and higher. That's just like, wow. And even if we don't work with them, it just, it's amazing that we're like, we're on the radar, you know, of some greats, some great producers yeah. and just, just being our name mentioned and, and, and with those other podcasts with the same producer, I think that go, that's, that's just really, really amazing. And I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, a, I'm a promise, on yes, please, please. But you know what? Uh, I do want to get into this guest. Hashtag no homo, not like that. But I do want to bring him what? on. And I'm probably being super inappropriate saying that considering who he is. You're such a sinner. <laughs> Yo, Rock, draw me a sick ass beat. And let's give it up for our, for our guest. I'm going to go ahead and say our first guest at the studio, he's a doctor. Dr. Rob Koval. This man is a Christian author, apologist, I don't know what that is, but we'll, we'll get into that. I feel like he's apologizing. He's a professional apologizer. That's probably not what it means. Maybe he'll teach you how to do it. He's, uh. a, he's a dean of Wagner University undergraduate program. Dr. Rapp has been a passion for 19 years and is focused on cultural refor reformation through education. And I, I want him on this episode. You can say hello, Rob, um, Dr. Rob. Hey, Rocky. How you doing, Bubs? I'm doing... Um, <laughs> Hi. You don't got to talk to her if yeah. you don't want to, Rob. Oh, uh, she's cool. Shut the heaven up. <laughs> you don't talk different because Dr. Rob's here. Yeah, shut, that's the, right. shut the heaven up. I never even heard of that before. Up. That's so shut stupid. 
<laughs> hey, that's a win in my book. Oh God! Uh. So I do want to I do want to jump into this with you, Pastor Rob. Front front of get go, just straight off the get go. I do want to bring up. I've been talking about Tyler Henry in the medium. I'm so into the afterlife. Like, is it true? The not true? I mean, it's a lot of things, and I know. At your church, it's one of those, and I and when, when I describe your church to people, I say it's a hardcore church. It's a black and white church. It's very by the book almost. It's very um. You said apologist, but I feel like you're an apology. Like you don't apologize for your church. It is what it is. This is what God said. This is a black and white, and that's it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change the scripture for anybody. And that's pretty much it. So I know at your church, you guys talk about, I know I've been to um, one of your services and you have prophets there. And there's on um, like, even there's a guy named prophet Rob actually that goes there. And I know you guys have different prophets there. And I was thinking, because when I grew up, as far as what I was told is that going to like a psychic reader or a medium, that's almost like devil worshiping. Like you're not supposed to do that. I don't know if it says that in a Bible or not, but I'm looking at these mediums and I'm looking at these psychics people on TV and I know like, you know, they put on the show and everything. I know it's Hollywood and Tyler Henry. I, I'm pretty sure you know Tyler Henry. Yeah, I'm familiar with that guy. And I'm, I, I don't, I, and I'm watching this show on Netflix. It's an amazing show. It make, a show that makes you cry. They have the sad stories. It's really, really good. And I'm like, you know, and call me gullible or or weak flesh or whatever but i believe <laughs> i believe this guy of what he's doing like i'm like they're and, unless they're all actors unless everybody's in is in it and everybody's actors and this guy i just feel like the thing he's saying about these people and the people that die is gotta be real and i know obviously you believe in prophets because you, you have prophets at your church and prophets do the almost the same do prophets do it, First of all, what, what's the difference between a prophet and a medium or a psychic? Yeah, man, that's a great question. That's what I'm here for. Well, the first thing is, is, you know, a Christian worldview doesn't ever discount. It's a spiritual worldview. It doesn't ever discount the possibility of heavenly supernatural experiences. So God is naturally supernatural. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God created a cosmos that we like a universe that we all live in. Right. Okay. And so, you know, and then we know that the Bible describes all kinds of uh, spiritual realms, like there's angels, there's demons, there are different kinds of angels. So there there's are hierarchies, demons. absolutely hierarchies of angels, you know, big angels, little angels, a female angel and Zephaniah. Plus size angels. <laughs> all kinds of angels. Creatures. They need those big wings yeah, to carry you, huh? You know, creatures. Oh, so, so we would, the Bible presents a, a spiritual reality that's enmeshed with the natural, right? So what you see is being driven by a supernatural reality that's more real than this realm that we live in. That's a biblical worldview. Okay. And so, so the supernatural and the natural are enmeshed. You can't separate them. You, we live from the supernatural. In fact, you live from the supernatural. Actually, you live from the metaphysical because you have a thought and that thought animates your body. You have a thought and your body, that thought moves through your body as you do. And so when we look at everything, everything is motivated by the immaterial. Everything you see manifest in the natural realm is the result of somebody's thought or somebody's 
spiritual energy or somebody's, you know, uh, anointing or things like that. So when I look at somebody like Tyler Henry, I would say, yeah, he's got a legitimate gift, but is the gift legal or illegal? And what does that mean? Is it legal like in God's eye or like here in in our eyes? Okay. Well, um, you know, as a Christian, so I'm going to approach everything as a Christian. And, and an apologist Great. is somebody who defends the Christian faith. Got it. And uh, somebody who uses a philosophy that aligns with a biblical worldview to give a frame of reference for how we live life, right? Okay. Yeah. So I always go back to, you know, in Isaiah, it says that, uh, why would you consult with mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter? And it says, should not people consult their God? And so yeah, God has given the, go ahead, bubs. Oh no. Yeah. Isaiah eight nineteen. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Yes. Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? That's a good question. And so the Bible says that like that verse, God has given an invitation for people to ask him directly. He's not saying, hey, why, why do you need this guy over here? But what if, God's not, what if God's not answering their prayers and they're so desperate to reach out to a loved one? I feel like it's more desperate people. Like they're just so desperate that they have a lost one and don't do any any means to try to get any contact. And I think like some psychic I'll, readers take advantage of that and take your money and they're just, and people are so like vulnerable that they almost believe it. Well, yeah. And then we, we talk about, you know, what's illegal spiritual power and what's legal spiritual power. So for a Christian, we say any supernatural power that's given to us. In fact, there's a list of supernatural power given to, to Christians in first Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven through 11. That's that are all these supernatural expressions that are available for Christians. So one, we have an invitation from God and then we also have gifts from the Holy spirit that he gives every Christian and they're supernatural. And so we have the invitation from God to ask. We have supernatural anointing and power and spiritual gifts we can use. And so natural Christ, real Christianity is naturally supernatural. That's, that's what I like to say about that. Okay. And we do it through the Holy spirit, not a dirty spirit. He's Holy spirit. That means he's pure. He never leads you astray. Never tell you wrong. Is Tyler Henry a dirty spirit? Like, is he well, is, is he illegal? I, I don't want to judge the man. Yes, because I believe he's like he's he, got a gift. He got a gift, and he's you know right. in the context of his life, he's doing it the way he's doing it. Okay, but I would say this is that from a Christian perspective, it's anything outside any supernatural experience outside the covering or the anointing of the Holy Spirit or the permission of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. It, that's dangerous territory for deception. That's an illegal What's the difference? approach why, to supernatural knowledge and power. Why is it bad for somewhat somebody to go to a Tyler Henry and get a reading? And you and once again you said like he had the gift. It's He's a, got gift. a gift. It's a yeah. gift from God. Yeah. And when you well, have a and when you have a gift from God, you should be able to use it. Well, I'm not gonna say it's a gift from God. Oh, it's not. No. Oh, I, I was wow. saying it's a, it's a gift. It's a real gift. So I mean, devils could give gifts out? Absolutely. Wow. Why not? It, I mean, uh, the Bible also says that Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. so first step is there's spiritual power, and we don't want to deny that there's spiritual power. I'm yes. saying there's illegal and legal spiritual power. Gotcha. I want to stay as a Christian. I want to stay in supernatural power that's safe for me. Yes. I don't want to be demonized. I don't, I've ministered to a lot of occultists, a lot of Satanists, 
and uh, delivered people from a lot of demons. Can you feel that energy from them? Kind of energy is a big thing. And uh, okay, oh, for sure. Ab absolutely. It's a uh, negative energy. Sometimes it's like feels like static electricity. Really? You ever had pins and needles? No. Yep. Like like when your foot falls asleep. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You okay. can feel that. Yes. Off people. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. So um. I will. Go ahead, Bob. Real quick, I will say that Rocky, I think you touched on something really important earlier um, that I think a lot of people can relate to. Why people even go to seek out this? And um, I know for me, my husband's super against me, like talking to like spirit guides or mediums, or whatever. And I'm more so interested in it out of desperation um, because my kids had passed away. I'm so desperate to know anything about them, like to hear from them, to so I feel that a lot of people, they go sometimes to these hokey pokey things. And like you said, they're not, I feel like sensitive enough to, or know enough to, to know what's good and what's bad. And so, and there are people out there who aren't using their gift for good, or maybe it's a bad gift. And so they're being led or told different things, but I do think it comes from desperation. I, I totally agree. In fact, this is one of the biggest failings of the church in the global North. And when I mean global North, like, United States, England, Europe, okay. Australia, you know. Pr pretty much NATO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the global north. <laughs> we, we've done a terrible job because we're not known for spiritual power. Mm. And we should be. If people are desperate, they should find comfort, love, and answers in God. And the Bible says a lot about the condition of our loved ones who've passed. Uh, if they're in Christ, man, they're in complete bliss. They're present with God. There, um, there's so I wrote a whole book about, about a, we don't have a good theology for death. We don't have a good theology for life that will always be. And so I wrote this book just as a, as a way to present What's Christian that book truth. Called? It's called life that will always be by Dr. Rob Covell. And where could I get that at? Uh, Amazon is the best place to get that Barnes and Noble we'll, Christianbook.com. We'll post it on Nashville, everybody. So yeah. you take a look at that book. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Rocky. That's really great. Thanks, bubs. But yeah, I agree with Bubs. It's like the, the church has done a horrible job at giving people comfort and answers for supernatural things. Yes. And I think that's one of the reasons the church in, in America, in our context, is failing miserably. They say Native Americans are very into spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things they do, you could say like, you know, they're, they're, so, they're so in contact, you know, with their spiritual world. Um. They obviously they have a different God than our God, Jesus. Um, who are they talking to? And is that the devil also like talking to them? Because it's not Jesus probably then, right? Well, I mean, let's frame everything in the context of culture, right? Uh-huh. So if we look at, at there's there's a verse in Romans. It's in Romans chapter one. And um, I could look it up real quick, but it, I'll paraphrase it. It goes something like this, that like that Gentiles have the law written on their heart because God gave people a conscience and people are accountable to how much light they have. So if we look at somebody like uh, native Americans in, you know, at the, in the time of the first century, they didn't have the gospel, but most native American religions are monotheistic and they believe in a sky father. Okay. Okay. So that that's, that's revelation enough. It says, um, in fact that I don't, you know, before Christians crucify me over, you know, saying that, <laughs> unreached people groups, you know, might, might have the possibility of salvation. I just want to clarify this because I think once you're exposed to the gospel, you have a choice. If you've never been exposed to the gospel, there's this weird possibility. And, um, 
and it's just uh, pretty pretty interesting to take a look at it. It says um, it says in there that uh, let me see. He has his Bible out right now. All uh, right. He, he's a <laughs> right. doctor, so That's he's right. not only a Christian, but he comes with facts. Well, yeah. So it <laughs> says, uh, you know, it talks about God, you know, giving people up to, uh, you know, to their flesh. And then it goes on. And then it talks about, you know, presuming judgment and rendering God, rendering each one according to his works. And it talks about Gentiles having a law for themselves. It's actually Romans chapter two. And it says having in the law, the embodiment of knowledge It goes and he talks about, you know, having being a Jew. And then it says, uh, goes on and it talks about uh, in Romans chapter two, verse 12, that all who sinned without the law will perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. And then it says in verse 15, it says, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. And on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. So there's this weird verse there that kind of gives people an out that if they've never been exposed by the gospel, truth is still written in people's hearts because they're made in God's image. And that's you a know big right question for a lot of people. A lot of people will say that, well, what about an African child in the jungle that never heard of Jesus or the church? Do they go straight to hell? Yeah, I, so, I, I have a different view there. Well, one is, I think that... That, that is um, my next question. I know you're going with that, yeah. uh, um, Pastor Rob. I, I do want to ask that question. With these mediums, and if they are talking to people, and there's ghosts, and so on, and so on, then sh if you die, does the Bible say you're either in heaven or you're in hell? You shouldn't be, you know, lingering around in a living room or somebody's bathroom, right? And that's exactly <laughs> right. In fact, the Bible, um, Jesus himself talks about two two areas, right? One, one area is, is uh, Hades, and the other one is paradise. Okay. And so when we think about heaven and hell in in our context, we're looking at when people die and they're unrighteous, then they're in a in a basically a holding, a spiritual holding room. That's what the Catholics call. And they're waiting. They're waiting for judgment. We we call that Hades. Catholics call it a different thing, right? Well, the Catholics purgatory? have yeah purgatory, purgatory, but but the Bible doesn't ha say anything about purgatory. The Bible talks about Hades, and the okay. Bible talks about heaven or paradise or with the Lord. And so we want to think about, you know, when the unrighteous die, they're in holding and they're waiting judgment. When the righteous die, they're present with the Lord. So there's a separation there. Jesus told this parable in Luke where this wealthy guy that had everything he ever needed in life, he lives it up. And then there's a poor guy that begged in front of his house. They both die on the same day. Okay. The poor guy lived a righteous life. He's being comforted. And then the unrighteous guy is suffering. And that's afterlife. And that's in the afterlife. Afterlife. And people could read. It depends who's telling who's telling you about the Bible. A lot of people go, you know, I feel like the Old Testament and New Testament are completely different things almost. Like, it's like, it's tough love to like all the way love. Uh, okay, it, well. it, it goes. So <laughs> where I'm going with that, well, you know, I'm back to Tyler Henry and the ghost and this and that and heaven and how. And I feel like if you read the New Testament, if you go to a church like Hillsong or even 
Elevation or one of these mega churches or, you know, Joel Osteen. And they preach love, 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 love conquers all. Jesus died on the cross for us. You know, our sins are paid for and so on and so on. We're preaching, we're preaching. Every walks out of church all pumped up, motivated, like, okay, I'm not going to hell. You go to a church like Raw Reese and um, Diamond Bar, you walk out of that church, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. <laughs> and it, and you, you walk out of that church with your head down. If we go by the New Testament, is our loving God, Jesus, forgave us. He died for us, for our sins. He loves us so much. I know I'm a father of my son. I could never, like, harm my son. I could never, if there's, if there's a place for hell, like, my son is not going there. Like, I would do whatever it takes to get my son out of a place like that, even a detention at school. You know, and how is something like we can't even imagine, we can't even comprehend how that place is. We, we you know, we, we, we picture, you know, with the cartoon stuff like flames and fire and so on. You know, we know where the devil with the pitchfork. But if there's a hell, like, we, I can't see my son being there with, with, with me not doing all my, anything in my power to get my son out of a place like that. And I feel like if I could love like that, if I could love and I could forgive like that, I know Jesus, I know God who could love way more than I did. Like he's the Lord of love, you know? So my question is, is there a how and a people really go there with God? Our loving God actually put us in a place like that for eternity. And that's a great question. Uh, Christians have wrestled with that question for 2000 years. But one thing we have to understand is in the West, we've only been exposed to eternal conscious torment. That's been our paradigm for hell, but in Christian history, there are actually three views of hell. One is called universalism, where God is so good, and the cross is so broad, and grace is so big that everybody gets saved. That is universalism. That's like a new church theme. Um, almost, right? Not really. It's not very, really. Very ancient. Oh, I like that very, one. Very ancient. We, we view all on hell. like that one, right? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> likes I, that one. I think it's the least biblical <laughs> yeah. one. But uh, the early church father, Oregon, he was the one who promoted that one the most. But And there were others. And then there's the uh, eternal conscious torment view. And we get that from Augustine, right? Uh, the, the early church father, Augustine. He lived in the fourth century. He was the one okay. who uh, blended Greek Platonic worldview, Greek Platonic philosophy with Christianity. And then that gave us eternal conscious torment. That's the one we're familiar with. That's the heaven and hell. That's the heaven and hell, but right. we're Up still heaven and hell. Yeah. Right. Well, then there's the, um, then there's a, a, a old view, an ancient view on hell called, uh, called conditionalism, okay. which says that you have eternal life when you're in relationship with God. And if you're not in relationship with God, you have eternal death. I like that. I, I know what you're going to say with that. I, that means the lights are out. The lights the are lights out. The lights are out. You're just <laughs> dead. It is what it is. Well, it, well yes and no. Because eternal conscious torment says, okay, if a sinner dies, uh -huh. he's in a holding pattern. He knows he's under judgment. And we're going to suffer according to our sins. Also, you, so at the judgment, you get sentenced to a time frame you, of being in hell, and well, not being in hell, but in some kind of punishment that Yikes. that that uh, that is that fits the crime, that fits the crime, and then you burn out of existence. 
Bam. <laughs> you got a Muda San Bernardino? <laughs> but I have some more. Dude, I, I, so so I, that's my view. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm I a conditionalist. That's, Conditionally that's my, is the what? Uh, conditionalism well, your says that your lights are out lights at, the, are at out. the very end. You just I get tell you burned what, out of existence. I'll take A and C over B any day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, hey, guys, we're going to take a small commercial break. I love where this conversation is going. I feel like. We're learning something today, but we'll be right back after this commercial break. Let me give you some dating advice. Are you looking for a special place for a special person for a special date? Well, take them to Garden Bar and Grill located in La Habra and Pico Rivera. Good food, good service. Be there. Welcome back. We're talking a lot about bi- biblical things. Hope you guys are learning something. Hope Bubs is learning something out of everybody. I feel like she needs it. Mm-hmm. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone rock. Why is right. Why isn't Mary Magdalene or Virgin Mary in the Bible? I'm pretty sure, you know, girls like to jot everything down. They have diaries. We have journals. <laughs> we call them t- testaments, testimonies. Receipt. Why aren't they? Is it? Is it? As simple as pe- the people that, are, that made the Bible are sexist. Oh, come on. What are we saying? Hey, Pastor hey, yeah, yeah. Here's a, here's a, that, that's a great <laughs> question, by the way. Mary did, uh, is recorded in scripture, right? She, the Magnificat, her whole testimony, her whole story. Really? Those are her words, man. Th- this is why you're here. Yeah. Okay. That's in Luke Where chapter we, one. There, Luke chapter one. Luke I'm going to jot that one. down. And what does she say? Is it? Is oh, she, man. It's one of the most beautiful songs, praises to God ever in scripture. Okay. It's gorgeous. I, did, you, yeah. did you know that, Bubs? Bubs? Uh, yeah. You did not know that. I can't say. <laughs> but but let's no, talk, no, let's, yes, I did. Let's talk about both those ladies. Uh, you know, in John 19, 26, Jesus is suffering on the cross, and he looks at the apostle John, and he says, son, behold your mother, and uh, mother, behold your son, something like that. And so John, church history tells us that John took Mary Magdalene and Mary, Jesus' mother, uh-huh. and uh, they took them to Ephesus. And that's where they lived out their lives. And so Luke, the, the one who wrote the gospel of Luke, that's an interview gospel. He wasn't an eyewitness. So he interviewed Mary. He interviewed Mary Magdalene. He interviewed Peter. Nice. He interviewed all the eyewitnesses that he could get his hands on. And uh, he wrote this uh, two-volume work called the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. They were uh, one book divided in two. And uh, he wrote it for the lovers of God, for Theophilus, the people that love God. And so it's a great, um, a great interview, investigative journalism, gospel of Luke. And Mary's words are recorded in there for us. And that's pretty awesome. Who decided any- what went in the Bible? Okay. Well, that's, uh, are we talking Old Testament or New Testament? Um, let's do both. Let's start with the old one. Okay. So the Old Testament is, is curated. It was uh, like the Quran, like the no, it's curated like uh, the the level of scholarship in the Old Testament is was super high. It was cultivated and it was cared for from generation to generation to generation without variation. So much so that a Dead Sea Scroll actually reads word for word the same 
as like a modern translation. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And the, the Jewish canon of scripture, which means the whole compiled work of the Old Testament, was closed 200 years before Jesus was born. So nothing was written after that? No. Nope. 200 years. For 200 years. In fact, they uh, produced a Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. And so that's the Bible that they're quoting, that most of the apostles are quoting, or like the Apostle Paul when he writes an epistle, or Peter, they're yeah. quoting the Septuagint. And so the Jewish canon was uh, very well cared for, and uh, we can be sure that that is the Word of God. Now, when we get to the New Testament, we have a very messy story. And uh, that messy story is pretty interesting because... Um, you know, the New Testament scriptures, those things were, um, one, we were separated by geography. And uh, so there's that one. And then there's, you know, apostolic relationships, right? Some knew Paul, some knew Peter, some knew James. And then there was the Jewish-Gentile divide. And then there's Roman persecution throughout the, the first century. So what ends up happening is uh, the New Testament we some regional churches use some epistles and some other regional churches use different ones uh -huh. and so they just kind of started swapping right oh i've got a gospel of mark but hey you've got a gospel of luke can gotcha. we can we copy you know can we make a, a manuscript copy so when we look at the new testament we have to understand that these guys were writing these epistles and they were they were regional letters right paul wrote a letter to the corinthians yes he knew them they were his they were his homeboys from prison right They're like prison letters he, yeah he like knew them yeah. <laughs> he wrote uh, first corinthians from ephesus but but anyways but a prison letter like colossians or like philippians or ephesians right so and then paul wrote these very personal letters to timothy it's like me writing a letter to rocky that's what i mean so like when you say stuff like that, like Paul is writing to Corinthians or he's writing to like a personal letter to somebody, uh -huh. almost like a jail letter. Okay. Right. Pretty much. That's exactly. So right. when people say, oh, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says this. And I think because um, I did take a class view for um, theology. Yeah. And, 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 and the scary thing about taking a class like that is you really do break it down. You break it down. Well, it's, yeah. not, it's not like, oh, well, the Bible says this. You go, no, Paul said that. Paul was talking to somebody, a certain somebody at a certain time for a certain reason. So how could you take that and say, well, the Bible says that? And you could almost say like, well, like at that, the Bible was already talking to you right there. He, Paul was talking. That's a letter that you're reading from Paul to somebody else. Right. 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 So when we, when we think of the New Testament, we got to think that, that the New Testament became curated as the church became mature and as the church became the leading cultural discipler, right? The, the church emerged yes. as, the, as the cultural shaper of the way things were moving. And so we didn't really have a whole New Testament until the fourth century in the Council of Rome. And what basically happened is Christian leaders got together from all around the world over you know 400 years of church history and said, look, we're all using these same works yes. and we should agree that these are the works that we're going to call scripture. So they're total different books, pretty much. Uh, yeah, total different books, but uh, Is that cultivated in completely different, yes. um, you know, completely different situations. Is that why people say the Bible contradicts itself? Because of, I mean, 
I always say, like, when people tell me that, I go, well, no, because this guy says something, this guy says something, that's his diary, that's his diary. Don't con- they don't well, contradict well, each other. I would say at a base level, the Bible doesn't contradict itself if you understand the Bible. Like, the Bible is a complex book. We're separated from thousands of years. Yeah. And there's like nine points of contact, right? You've got to know the occasion. Why did they write it? The culture. What, you know, there's cultural idioms, things that you can't get, like a chancla, right? If you write a chancla and at 2,000 years from now, they're like, what's a chancla? Yeah. You're right. Um, (laughs) Right. There's uh, the historical, right? What's happening in the world at the time? There's the theological, what's God telling us about himself? Um, Covenant, right? Like, how is God relating to people? And then there's the literal. Can I understand this? Can I read it and just know what it says? And then there's the text, right? Like, is it Hebrew? Is it Greek? Is it Aramaic? Yeah, you can really break that down. I think I I, I came to a scripture. I want to say it's in Isaiah. I'm not sure. It's Isaiah. You know what? I might have it. Yeah, pull it up. I have it in my notes somewhere. Um, Real fast. It's really quick. It's actually Isaiah 45.7. Okay. And if you read the King James Version, it says, I form the light. I create darkness, I make peace, and I create evil. Yep. Now, when people say, like, the evil, like, well, why would God create evil? But if you break evil down into Hebrew, it's meaning disaster and yeah. adversity. Yeah, the so, word is ra in yeah, Hebrew. So it really, like, if you, I feel like the English, when you read the Bible in English, it's so watered down, and you can't really comprehend the real words in Hebrew, what it really means. So it kind of gets... That almost gets thrown around what the real meaning means. Well, I totally agree. In fact, you know, I think uh, English translators do the best job that they can yes. with the, you know, with the English language is limited when we talk about Hebrew because Hebrew is a, a feeling, word, picture, thought language. Is that the oldest language? Uh, I, I, yeah, I would agree. It's the oldest language. And it, it's, you know, it's a pictograph language. It started as a pictograph. So it, so it's a picture that evokes emotion. Like the word for comfort in Hebrew, racham, it actually means a, a woman's womb. With oh, a, wow. Yeah, so like a, like a baby in utero. So we have to think like when uh, we use the English word evil, we have a whole different yes. cultural perspective we have almost, that word. We almost have a Hollywood, well, Holly, well Hollywood tells what evil is. Yeah, I would, I'd use the word adversity. Exactly, and that's what he. What, that's what it makes me in Hebrew. Um, people probably say, if there's a God, um, if there's a God, why is there so much pain and misery in the world? Like, how do you, how would you answer that? Because in your profession, or you know, your relationship with God, and you know, I mean, I get that too, but I'm pretty sure you get it all the time. You probably had answers many times. You know, there's always people don't want to question the Bible, question God. How do you answer something? If there's a God, why is there cancer? Why did my, you know, my son get in a car accident, this this crazy tragic accident, he passed away, got shot. How do you answer that when people say, if there's a God, why this? Man, I think we need to answer that question and we need to give good answers to that question. I think that not answering that question Mm -hmm. and just, you know, giving a religious platitude really, really hurts people. Yeah. And I think having an intelligent answer really, really helps people. There's, there's a couple points of contact as I answer that question. Number one, I want to say that the Genesis narrative reveals God as a father first who created a good and perfect world. The second thing 
we see the second movement there is that God gave Adam and Eve a creation to manage. They were made in his image. And so Adam and Eve were in, created in a perfect world in God's image with, with intellect, consciousness, and any other thing that would mimic God's superior attributes. He also gave them dominion and authority and told them to heavenize earth. He told them to take Eden and expand it across the face of the earth. The next thing we see is God didn't childproof the Garden of Eden. I and like when that we word. answered that question, now we have an understanding for the existence of evil. God didn't childproof the Garden of Eden because love has to be authentic. So like good. I have to choose to love. And God is authentic. Mm -hmm. God That's wanted good. complete authenticity. God's not a dictator. God's a father. You talked about your son yes. in episode 103 in Punch Him in the Nose. Yes. Right? When there's, <laughs> and you also talked about disciplining and parenting styles. Well, God's a parent, and God's a good father, and God knows what he's doing. And because God built humanity in his image, God's love, humanity has the decision to love or not to love. When Satan uh, disparaged God's person, Adam and Eve agreed. They gave Satan the dominion of the earth. They handed over their birthright to rule and reign and heavenize earth. That's what they did. Their choice, and then God honored their choice and said, because you've made this choice, mm -hmm. there's some things that are going to happen. There's consequences. There's consequences. What's consequence? Number one is that the, now the universe is cursed. It used to be safe. Now it's not safe anymore. Number two, Satan's cursed. A lot of pressure on Adam and Eve, huh? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about it. God, uh, in, in my perspective, uh, Rocky and Bubs, uh, God's an authentic lover. In fact, so much so that he did that even before humanity sinned, the son had, had eternally agreed to die for the sins of humanity. Like that, that's, that's how much God's love. He's got all the skin and the blood in the game. And uh, God's not in control. People are like, oh, God's in control. He's not in control because he gives people free will and the ability and to do what they want. That's what I was going to say. When people always say that, I go, well, it's free will. Like, and people think if you're a Christian that we're all going to walk around like robots and zombies. Like we're all going to be perfect. Like, oh, you're, and I, and I get that a lot, obviously, because me, you know, my lifestyle isn't, as good as you know as other christians i would say um <laughs> shut up bubs but i would say like i mean it's not a, but i don't use like it's an excuse but i just you know it's at the end of the day it's free will like i could like i always say this my like my parents i think my parents are the best parents i think you know we're yeah I, I love your family yeah, man your, I, your pops you. is cool and i will say it to any and, and you know my, my mom was always our team mom my dad was our baseball coach they were there they they looked at our report cards and you know we got discipline for acting up but at the end of the day, um, we have free will as kids. And, you mm -hmm. know, and people say, well, they see a, a gang member or, or you know, a, a druggie, a, a person with a drug habit and go, oh, my God, you probably had the worst parents ever. But that's not the case. And I think that's what I'm saying right now. Like, if there's a God, then why is the world like this? Well, I, I mean, I, we have an amazing God. Yeah. And but God promised to redeem the world. And well, hopefully God, no time soon. I, I, uh, I don't. Here's another point of controversy. <laughs> I'm not like, ready, Pastor Rob. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think we've got, you know, hundreds of years to go, maybe a thousand years to go. Who knows? Thank you. 
But, uh, you know, look, <laughs> sin, sin is uh, Satan's operating system, and mm-hmm. the, the pain in our lives is usually caused by the sin in somebody else, directly or indirectly. I like that. And um, But I will say this. God's a redeemer, and God can work the most amount of good out of the worst situations. Like, I've looked at the most tragic events in my life, and like mm-hmm. five years later— you can look in hindsight and go, dang, God loved me well through this thing. Right. And mm, it yep. was hell going through it. But on the other side of it, man, God's a kind father. And so I think that we just have to have that intelligent answer and say, look, God's not in control. Yep. God's in charge. And he's working through everything. And at some day, at some point, it'll be redeemed. What do you say about God's plan? I always, I always talk about on a podcast, like I don't. I, not that I don't believe in God's plan. I think God has a plan for everybody. And if you like, he'll, he'll point you in the right direction, but you need to take those steps. I, I, I so, totally agree. So I'm saying like, <laughs> if somebody, something crazy or dumb happens on somebody, like, I don't think that's God's plan. I think you're just being a jackass. Yeah. And I, it kind of just, yeah, happened. I don't, I, I agree. I don't think God is a micromanager. He yeah. gives you a certain mm-hmm. amount. Like, He's not like Rocky. Like nobody's going to kill somebody. <laughs> nobody's going to kill somebody, go to prison and say, oh, that's God's plan. That's not God's it, plan. It was written when I was born. Yeah, that's not. Like, but some people no. really believe in that. Like, I, I just think that's, that's mind blown well, that you think that. Well, uh, that's a, a Calvinistic approach to the sovereignty of God. You using big like, words right now. Yeah. That's, so, where, that's where a doctor yeah, comes in. Yeah. That's where a doctor comes to in. To hell with you, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, you know, I don't I don't think modern day Calvinists are are I don't only think John Calvin would agree with modern day Calvinists. Not even Calvin that, Klein would. That's beside the point. Not even Calvin <laughs> Klein would. Yeah. But I, I think that um we have to look at at God being in charge. I think that's the best way to take a look at the sovereignty of God. Like mm-hmm. how much is God involved? I think God, God is involved. It's what you allow him to. And yeah. How much are you going to partner that's with good. the, with the heavenly father? I know your church. Um, don't you want to check his church out? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not, it's, I want to say, those motivational churches like you know what well, i'm talking we, about we practice at what i call apostolic christianity see guys you can't even spell that wonders man no but you speak like facts you have you don't only do like you know like a a, a cheerleading performance up there mm. getting everybody razzle dazzle like when you leave your church you learn something yeah like, i mean like, i preach the bible verse exact, by verse exactly and, you don't flip it around you just like you're not going to change the scripture to go to your um go to your your service like to no. make to make your thing better no so when i'm going that with all these mega churches and we talked about for how do you feel about these big churches i feel like mega churches is almost a trend you know with the whole skinny jeans and the long t-shirt the well, whole the whole costume almost man that's a great great thing well actually um every church is in trouble right now okay. if there's one thing we learned uh, coronavirus killed the church really yeah i mean my church was 500 people before coronavirus now after coronavirus my church is 200 hillsong same way yeah, yeah. and and so the church is not prospering in in the global north like okay so we have a, a mission that we're in relationship with in mexico okay okay the coronavirus didn't touch them they uh they grew and that's because they practice a form of christianity that looks like the book of acts they cast out devils they heal the sick. 
They preach the gospel with signs and wonders, convincing spiritual power that backs the message. You guys do that as well, as far as like. And Mexicans are built different. Exer- well, right? I mean, <laughs> more like Spaniards. The Mayans died, but different in the episode. <laughs> um, you guys do exorcism at your church. You guys practice yeah, like, casting uh, out yeah, demons. Yeah. Can Can you tell us a story? Because I mean, a lot of people probably don't even believe like the exorcist you see in the movie. The head spins around. But have you been around? Because they get some- desensitized by movies like that. But have you? Ha- ha- yeah, I, I believe that, Bubs. Have you been around somebody that's that's really like had the demon inside him, and is is that a real thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, I I can tell you one story that is just was the craziest one I ever saw. So uh, a, f- a family called me, and they said, "Hey, we we want to call the police, but but we don't think the police need to be involved because if they come, they might hurt our child." like really bad because he's freaking out and uh we want you to come first before we call the cops so i roll over there it's like 10 at night i roll over there i open the front door Mm -hmm. and this dude is growling like an animal and he sees me and he looks at me and he goes how old was the child uh 20 19 20 teenager yeah teenager he looks at me and he goes f your god like that right at me in the voice and everything oh yeah and he goes i know you i know all about you and he just begins to rattle off all this stuff that was in my life before i was a christian can you feel the energy like the Uh, well at the time i was a little shocked because Uh i didn't know what i'm trying to assess the situation and so i said uh so he charged me to like sock me up and i grabbed him and i said look i'm in charge right now not you sit down so he sits down and he starts clawing his face man with blood flowing claw, trying to claw his, 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 claw own, his eyes out his own face yeah and i'm gonna knock it off in the name of jesus i command you to stop manifesting and he stops the kid comes to the front and the kid goes they're gonna kill me i i need you need this, i need help you're they're gonna kill me they're gonna make me kill myself and then the voice comes back he's not yours he's mine you can't have him and i said no 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 you're leaving i gotta ask was this kid on drugs at all um i'll tell you how this how this uh kid happened this kid got involved in some weird sex cult stuff and had this demonic transfer with this female okay and that's where the 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 demon came in because i asked the demon how'd you get you know how did you get your authority would you say that soul ties almost uh yeah soul ties that's a real thing but but i felt that real thing i felt that and i mean i'll I'll go back to your story but i'm saying that soul ties if you be with somebody that has like bad energy and you have sex it just such it 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 transfers to you yes it does absolutely and so uh, I told so I looked at the family I said who anybody who's afraid needs to leave because fear demons feed on fear oh. and they all left so here I'm alone with this dude <laughs> I would have left so about uh, 40 minutes later of this guy you know manifesting and going crazy talking in three different voices and languages I couldn't understand and he probably didn't know the language either right that guy didn't oh no yeah he, that's he, I mean, yeah that's what makes it real like uh, how was, this guy speaking these languages it was for real so he got delivered and he came back and he got cleansed and i told him i said you need to make a choice you need to pick a camp bro are you going to serve god are you going to are you going to play are you going to play with spiritism are you going to play with the occult are you going to play with witchcraft because if you're into spiritual power you need to choose the right one and i just told him straight like that 
and he dedicated himself to Christ. And uh, he lived pretty demon free for a while, but sad to say, dude, this guy's homeless, out of his oh. mind. That's and here's the reason: he wouldn't stop playing. In in a, a he was practicing illegal spiritual access. One foot in, one foot one out. foot out. Yeah, and um, and God's an all in lover, and uh, you can only how uh, could somebody get possessed? Is there is there a way somebody can get possessed by by a demon? It just is it does it happen randomly or you gotta be playing with it? I, I think are any are we safe? I that? think in my experience it comes with agreement over a long period of time. Okay. There's there's no real Bible you're, verse. You're that inviting says that. it almost, right? Yeah. You're partnering with it over and over and over again. And by the time you know, you figure that out, it's too late. On a happier note, I know you guys do um I know God does miracles through you guys and you guys as an instrument and as a two. Can you we end this on a happy note? Absolutely. Can you tell us a great, amazing, you know, uh, uh a new miracle? People some people don't even believe I know some churches don't even believe in a modern day miracle, which is it's pretty mind blowing how right. like, yeah, but yeah, it is yeah. what it is, you know. Yeah. Um can you tell us a good story about a modern modern miracle? It could be cancer, it could be whatever you want. Yeah. Oh man. I've I've got the best cancer story. So we do this thing Says called nobody he, by he, the way. He, healing rooms and uh there was a woman that came in. Uh, my, mm -hmm. my wife was with me and a number of us prayed and she, you know, was uh, all her hair had fallen out from chemo. They basically sent her home to die. And uh, she said, look, I've got five kids. I cannot die. I, I want to live. And so I said, look, I, we'll pray for you. And so we prayed in the name of Jesus that her body would be healed and the cancer would be removed supernaturally because there was no more way to uh, minister to her modern medicine or anything like that. And so we prayed by faith. I'd never met this woman before. And so uh, we prayed. We anointed her with oil. We declared her healed in the name of Jesus. This woman came back in about three months. And uh, no, no, longer than that. About uh, eight months she came back. And uh, she says, hey, do you remember me? And I told her, no, I don't. I, I can't, I'm sorry, you know, remind me. And she goes, I was the woman that came in with the cancer and I was healed supernaturally from that prayer. And look, I've, she had short hair, her hair had grown back and she was completely cleansed from cancer, still cancer free to this day. It's amazing testimony. I want to thank you for coming on, Dr. Rob. It was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. I wanted to be a very informant episode you know i think when people think of church and christianity they think boring they think pointing fingers they think judging they think a lot of things and yeah. something like you just proves everybody wrong that you know you're just people too you know just just trying to help everybody out yeah, yeah man it's amazing well god god's a god of love and he sent his son to die for sin and faith in that is eternal life Thanks for coming on. Everybody, hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm going to post his books on Nashville Podcast IG. Thanks for coming on. Late. <laughs>